Welcome, welcome to the Weaver of Tales podcast. Today we'll talk about darkness. They say there will be no light without darkness. But how much darkness can a small town endure? Let's find out on this season's third episode titled a small town called Midsayap in North Cotabato. It's a quiet little town where people live in peace and knows each other. Children play outside and the parents let them because of the security they feel for their kids. Life here is uneventful and quite boring for there are no malls. The nearest mall is one hour away in Cotabato City. Teenagers like me hang out after classes and even at weekends, but we always go home early, especially if you're one of us who lived in a barrio. Our place is a 15-minute ride from the town, and the only means of transportation is a habal-habal or a motorcycle. Single motorcycles only operate from 5am until 8pm, though some stay up to midnight, but they are rare. We almost know the drivers for they are either a relative or a neighbor. The thing with the little town is that we're suspicious of newcomers. Though we're welcoming, we never can help ourselves but observe the new family. The new family has two children, a boy named Trent who's now in college and a girl named Trina who's now my classmate. Trina is a goth. She likes wearing black and put a lot of black eyeliner on her eyes. She rarely talks to anyone and no one talks to her too, though I tried a time or two. Her response is either a yes or a no. Many might have resent her personality but no one can argue that her hair is her asset. It's black, straight, and silky, just like what you see on shampoo commercials. One time, on our econ class, she shared that she puts coconut oil on her hair every night to make it healthy. Because of that, I tried to do it, but gave up. I can't maintain it. There are times that I am just so exhausted that I just go to bed and sleep. A month after their arrival, girls started to go missing. First, it was Lily a sophomore student in our school. She's beloved by everyone because she's so good. No, she's pure of heart. Added to her innocent beauty, these characteristics made her a favorite of the crowd. No one seemed to hate her. So, when the news spread about her disappearance, the school and the private sectors helped with the search. My friends and I are some of those many volunteers. We scoured the woods and all the barangays surrounding the area where she was last seen. The search went on for weeks to no avail, but everyone is persistent. Though, everybody knows that we might find her, but it might be too late. 
We are in our designated area when I wandered off from the group. A small voice is telling me to take the path I'm taking, so I did. The wooded area is full of life. Birds are chirping, frogs are croaking, and the sounds of insects fill the place. I can still hear the echo of my friends' voices from afar. As much as I want to turn back and get back to them, there's a force that leads me to the stream. It's like there's a compelling presence that's leading me down here. I can feel sweat leaking on my brows, though I'm feeling cold. I wheeled myself to stop three feet away from the stream. I looked back and see no one. I looked around and sighed. No one's here, I assured myself. I sighed in relief and took one big breath to release the tension. I decided to walk the remaining distance to the stream and sat on a big stone, reveling at the sight of bamboo swaying with the wind. As I am watching the water flow, I saw a flash of white on a clump of big stones ahead. I stood up and hesitantly walked there. I thought of going back to my friends and lead them here, but I decided otherwise. Using all of my courage, I go down the stream and approach the stone. I am sitting on the back of the ambulance when my parents arrived. They are cold and informed about what happened. My friends are picked up by their parents too. No one talked on our way home. My parents ran to my room with fear in their faces. My mom enclosed me in a hug and asked, What is it, baby? What is it? I cried. A nightmare, mom. I saw Lily's face staring back at me. Her heart. Her heart is missing. Oh, mom, how can I forget what I saw? The community mourned the loss of such a precious girl. Everyone attended the funeral services and no one's eyes were dry that day. We haven't recovered from Lily's loss when another girl went missing. She's a freshman and she's known for being a genius. She's supposed to be upgraded to college by the end of the year. And the institution felt this loss for she might have been our school's gem. This time, the search intensified. Everyone in the community looked for her. Search dogs are now employed. They are given the scent of the girl's shirt as their guide to find her. I remember the downpour that night, but no one gave up. My friends and I volunteered again despite the reluctance of our parents. So instead of letting us do it on our own, they accompanied us this time. We're all wearing raincoats and we all have our flashlights. Police and volunteers are everywhere. There are ambulances on standby too. People call her name as they scar the area and we did the same. Unlike last time, I never left the group. The place turned eerie as lightning lit up the dark sky. 
I hold on to my dad's raincoat to avoid stumbling over logs for its zero visibility at this point. The head police announced to stop the search since it's perilous to do so this time. We turned back, but instead of going back the way we went earlier, we decided to do the shortcut. My dad and I are the ones in front, so we lead the group back. My friends and I used to play on these woods as kids, so I know it by heart, but still, I held on to my dad's hand. I already slipped three times, and I don't need a fourth one. Just before we passed the ridge, I stumbled and let out a cry as my hands meet the ground. It's dark, but I felt something slimy. My dad helped me up. Are you okay? He asked, checking me for our possible broken bones. Yes, dad, but I think I touched sl something slimy there. I pointed out the general direction. He shone his flashlight on the log, but when the light struck, it turns out to be something else. That something else is the body of Kayla, the freshman girl who went missing. Screams rang out of the group as they saw what it was. I screamed when I realized that the slimy thing on my hands is her brain matter. Police arrived with their search dogs and they ID'd the body to be killed. We just buried Kayla when the story circulated. Suspicions arose about Trina's family. They said that one of them might be the killer. This story was concocted by some loudmouth mother who pointed out that they were never present in the search for Lily and Kayla. It doesn't help that they never attended the funerals. On a brighter note, people tagged me as a psychic or someone with an unusual ability to find dead bodies. When they say that, I always frown. They never know how traumatic it was to be the first one to see the bodies. I never put a mind to it and just observed Trina. Sometimes, I see her watching me like a hawk until I catch her looking at me. This made me feel uneasy and somewhat scared, what with all the suspicions that it might be her or one of her family that's doing this. My parents usually don't judge people got scared and kept on reminding me to avoid Trina and her family and to go home early. They also set it up to have me be fetched by my dad every day at school. This is the same with my classmates. If Trina was aloof before, now she's distant. It's as if we didn't exist anymore, though I feel her eyes prey on my every move which terrifies me. It seems like the suspicions were true, and I don't have a plan of ending up somewhere dead too. So I made sure to have someone with me wherever I go. I also mentioned this to my parents, and they got so afraid that they want me to relocate to my aunt in Cotabato and stay there. I refused. I'll be graduating in a few months, so why should I transfer? Two more girls went missing. Jaina Jr. who was a cheerleader and Carol a senior. The latter hit home because she's one of my friends 
She's a childhood friend. She was with us when we found the two bodies. My family and hers are so devastated when she was not able to go home after the JS prom. When something horrendous happens that we hear on the news, we used to say that it will never happen here, until it did. The mood of the town is dark. The gruesome murders are like a heavy cloud looming all over us. Because it got out of hand, the governor got involved now. The sock surgeon region got involved. I got interviewed by the authorities and they let me recount what I saw on the scene. I got tired of people calling me and my parents to ask details about this and that. It's a good thing that I was just a bystander when the two recent bodies were found. On the news, they're saying that it's a cult that's doing this. They mentioned about the missing body parts and the possible reasons behind it. Lily's heart because her heart is pure. Kayla's brain because she's a genius. Jane's skin and torso because she had a great body and skin. Finally, Carol's eyes because her eyes are unlike others. Her eyes are clear emerald green color. Her mom is a Filipina who married an Irish man with green eyes. The suspicions that surround Trina's family skyrocketed when police found a record of their frequent location change all through the years. They never stay for more than a year in one place which explains Trina's aloofness and inability to make friends. Even I in her situation would never make an effort to befriend someone and then leave them. Though what police found might be relevant, they still need actual evidence to pin the murders to the family. Some point out that they never saw the family attended the mass and never heard of them participating in any religious community. The suspicions and investigation went on and on but still, there seems to be no strong evidence to make an arrest. Everyone is just on standby, waiting waiting for another girl to be missing and another body on the pile. Mom, I'll just go to Arkamalik. I need some lumber for my project. I shouted. My mom's in the kitchen preparing our merienda. She went out to the living room and gave me a lemon juice and a suman. Hold on, eat this first. I complied and ate. Won't you wait for your dad to accompany you? I shook my head. What time will he go home? I think around 8 p.m. He has a meeting. Well, mom, I can't wait for dad. Well, I can go with you, if you like. I chuckled. Really? And miss out on your Bible study? I don't think so. My mom sighed. I worry about you, Elsa. Sometimes you're too independent. I mean... It's nice to be one, but remember that you can always tell us anything or ask us for help, okay? Yes, mom. That's why I love you and dad, because you never hesitate to trust me. Of course. You're such a big girl now. I can still remember when you were little and how you boss us around. And now, look at you. So beautiful and independent. Mom, don't get started now. You'll be late and there's lumber that I need to cut up. I smiled and hugged her. Okay, 
but it's best if you bring the motorcycle. It's better to be riding than walking that distance. Okay, mom. I love you. I said as I walk out the door, bringing my bag and tools with me. I love you too. Stay safe and go home before it gets dark. Okay, mom. door as soon as I am inside to make sure that no one sees me. Times like this, it's better to be safe than sorry. I put down my bag and take out my tools one by one. I grabbed another bag inside my bag and entered another small door. I brought out my project from the small bag and smiled. I looked at it and laughed. <laughs> Another addition to my collections, I thought, as I tossed a tied-up, beautiful, long and straight, silky black hair inside a glass, close it, and pile it up beside the other four that I have collected. Some jars small, the others large. Tomorrow, everybody in this town will witness my finale. Another girl and another body. People. Don't judge someone by how they look, but be very observant of what they do. Sometimes, there are lambs who wear wolves' clothing to protect themselves from this world, but we should be wary of those wolves pretending to be lambs. Don't be fooled by the looks and the charm. That person might be another Ted Bundy, or in this case, another Elsa. For the benefit of our listeners who are new to some terms I've mentioned in this story, this is for you. Number one, we have Habal Habal. This is a motorcycle taxi or motorcycle for hire. This is one of the uh, means of transportation that we have here in the Philippines. Second is Kamalig. This is a barn. And then we have Merienda. These are meals in between meals. So this is what we call snack or snack time. So here in the Philippines, we eat five meals every day, sometimes six because we have midnight snack. And then last is suman. This is a rice cake made from glutinous rice cooked in coconut milk with sugar sprinkled on top or that's what we call latik. If in case you have the chance to go here in our country, you might want to try this. This is one of the delicacies that we are proud of. 
you like the story, please click on the subscribe button for you to be updated with our new episodes every week. And if you want to know more about the story behind each story, please visit us on YouTube at Weaver of Tales Podcast Videos. For story submissions, you can email them to weaverofdalespodcast at gmail.com or you can visit our Facebook page, Weaver of Tales Podcast, and our Instagram account. That concludes our week. Thank you so much. Have a happy weekend and good night.